This is Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast hosted by Maggie Lovett. Welcome to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast, a podcast that goes through Taylor Swift's entire musical catalog chronologically. We're back for season two, and it seems only fitting that we should be discussing Taylor Swift's second album and first re-release, Fearless. Today, we will be discussing three of my favorite tracks from this album. But before we get into that, I need to welcome back two very special Starbucks lovers. Joining me again this month is Meredith, host of the Fangirl Forum. Hi, thanks for having me back. Thank you for coming back. And for the first time this season, we are welcoming back Lex, who is going to be on a podcast very soon. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Uh, You know, I... Honestly, always surprised when I'm invited back because I feel like I just caused so much chaos. So always glad to you, be back. You did. I mean, the last episode you were on, we talked about Thor, I think. I think we've talked about Thor in every episode I've been on. I'm sure he'll come up again today. Yep. I, I for one, am excited for that. So perfect. It's, it's pure chaos and I enjoy it so much. So in recent Taylor Swift news, uh, unfortunately, she did not win a Grammy and she didn't even attend the Grammys. Um, But Jack did win producer of the year and we did get a new Taylor Swift photo, uh, this time with Lana Del Rey, who is also produced by or also has albums produced by Jack Antonoff. Uh, So I guess that was a consolation prize. Uh, Very sad for our beloved Evermore. It just gets no love. It deserves way more love, um, but the the Grammys have never been fully great at um, giving proper credit and awards to different artists over the years, so this feels kind of par for the course. And I feel like also, given that Folklore took Album of the Year last year, I kind of had this feeling, I think Taylor knew it too, that mm-hmm. they weren't going to give it to her two years in a row, and I think the fact that she performed Willow last year during the folklore like season that was I said then I was like she's not she's not even gonna try with Evermore no which is so sad because I I do love folklore but Evermore was the album that I was like no skips just like literally something I can put on and just savor every track and it killed me when I saw some of the like Grammy uh, voters comments where basically they were saying that Taylor was too good like their comments were basically just like saying that her album was too good and thus not worthy of accolades, which is just confusing and confounding. And I'm not mad about the people who won the Grammys. Like everybody gets their like time in the sun. But I thought some of those comments just like were strange. If, if your biggest critique is that it, it's too good to win your award, then what are you saying about your award? Yeah, Exactly. And somebody pointed out that it really fits that line from Mirrorball about how the line became a curve or the curve. Be- I can't remember like the actual lyric right now. Um, but like the idea that like you can be so good at something that you're too good and thus no longer given the same like level of credit as other people. And I thought it was just like really interesting. And I don't know, it it struck me that I saw that tweet and I was just like, oh, that's really interesting. I hadn't actually like processed that line from Mirrorball like in that way. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, but, you know, we also got some fun Taylor Swift news. Um, I should change this podcast name because we're now talking about Dr. Taylor Swift's uh, music. So she's getting an honorary doctorate uh, of fine arts from NYU. Uh, and the, I guess, commencement will be uh, in May. I think it's about mid-May. 
So yes, she will be a doctor very soon. I'm proud of her for getting a doctorate, but I'm also really salty that uh, that class <laughs> gets to have her as a commencement speaker. Right. I had a terrible commencement speaker. I had a terrible commencement speaker. I don't even remember mine. So like. Oh my God. Mine is like some random person who worked for a politician. It was a hundred degrees outside in full sun. I literally remember nothing about my commencement, except I was so sad that I couldn't even suffer through. Like they previously had like people who were been on SNL and then they're like, here's this random political aide. Mine was this alumni who became like an entertainment news journalist, which is pretty cool. But like, instead of giving a commencement speech, she literally talked about all the celebrities that she'd interviewed. (laughs) And I got nothing out of it, except that she's spoken to Brad Pitt before. (laughs) Wow. She really said, this is my moment to talk about the things I've done. My school's communication school was so competitive that I think she was like, came back and was like, oh, oh, you guys ready for this? I talked to Brad Pitt. <laughs> I mean, good for you, but how do I get a job? Seriously. Right? Truly. Oh, gosh. But aside from that, there wasn't a lot of Taylor Swift news uh, this month, unfortunately. I'm sure, like, as soon as we finish recording the episode, something will happen. Uh, it feels like every time I've been like, yeah, nothing happened. Like, we got Joker and the Queen, and, like, we'll see what happens. I'm sure something's being cooked up. She's too quiet right now. Um too quiet. She's too quiet. I have said, and I will say it again, and I'll say it every day of my life. You literally could tell me that the next re-recorded album won't be coming for another year. But if you told me which one it's going to be and showed me the album art, I would be like, okay. Like, I would take that because I just not knowing, not seeing the album art is killing me slowly, Taylor. And it has been many months. And you I see a photo shoot. You announced Red nearly six months prior to when it came out. So, Mm -hmm. and then you took your sweet freaking, it's been six months, Taylor. Where is it, Taylor? (laughs) I've never heard done quite like this. (laughs) Yeah. I was like convinced when I was going to New York last week that she was going to drop like 1989 because, um, uh, what was it? I think it was Reputation came out when I was in Providence, Rhode Island. And so like, I was just convinced. I was like, it's going to be perfect, cosmic, karmic, like kismet. No, nothing. Not even a Grammy's appearance. I was just like, what's I don't, the point? I don't trust. See, okay. I do have a theory. I do have a theory. If I do like theories. Okay. So <laughs> I did not mean to. Wait, does, she, does she have a song on the Love and Thunder soundtrack? And that's what's waiting. <laughs> God, I would scream. I'm sorry, scream. big brain theory right there. <laughs> Listen to me. Uh, no, my theory is that if you look at the record store day, because um, she's the ambassador for record store day, and I collect vinyl. I'm very into my vinyl collection. I follow record store day stuff religiously. If you every single record store day, um, like logo that she's posted is red and purple purple is the color of speak now but the deluxe edition had red album art my thought is she's either going to so like at a minimum announce it on record store day that it's going to be speak now taylor's version 
Or if she really wanted to take it 800 notches, which I'm not banking on this, but I wouldn't be mad about it, is she's going to drop it on Record Store Day, including the vinyl. that is like pie in the sky but i think i think the red and purple are connected because let's be real red and purple are not the best color combination they're not super complimentary so if you're gonna do it on a graphic you have to have some sort of intention behind it and they're the two colors behind speak now interesting that's my theory i do like that theory i i can get behind that as well I'm still in the camp that I think 1989 is coming out just because she dropped Wildest Dreams, her version. Mm-hmm. I'm like, it's it's done. I know 1989 is done in my mind, but I also really And that was so out. long ago. So long ago. I I would love it if she dropped it. And she, even well before she dropped it, she it was in that commercial for Spirit. Yeah. So it was done so long ago. I'm like, 1989 is done. I bet she Speak Now is done. I, I really enjoy Speak Now, so I would She's probably all, that's next honestly got most of them done. Yeah. Like, oh, there yeah. might be some she's still, like, tweaking with to get, like, vault songs done. But I feel like she's done. And, you know, I forgot to mention that we did actually get a teaser for our new Taylor Swift song, um, Carolina, which was on mm, the mm-hmm. first trailer from Where the Crawdads Sing, which has a problematic history and I've kind of just like chosen to mostly avoid this topic because it's very much um some of my Taylor Swift groups and some of my not Taylor Swift groups that talked about this and were very mad about it about Taylor Swift being involved with this um it's it's definitely like one of those things where I'm like make the decision for yourself like the author has problematic history and it's a lot to unpack and there are people out there who will have discussed it significantly better than I will ever be capable of speaking about (laughs) but it is a very pretty song it Um, sounds it was really reminiscent from what I heard of uh young and beautiful by mm -hmm. Lana Del Rey like it very much had that vibe um I don't know really where I stand on the ethics of the book and movie yeah but like am I gonna (laughs) Am I going to download that song anyway? Oh, yeah. Sorry. For sure. I'll probably end up seeing the movie, too, just because I, I do review movies for a living. Uh, but that means I see them for free. So, you know. And also, I love I love Daisy. So it's it's hard. Um, Daisy Under Jones. But, yeah, it's interesting, too. And also, doesn't Harry Styles have a track called Carolina? He sure he does. does. Okay, yeah. I was like, I'm not crazy, right? Mm-hmm. And I once on Hinge saw someone and they said their uh like fun fact was that harry styles wrote a song about their best friend and i was like would it have been carolina perchance and they were like in fact it was and i don't know if i believe the story but the fact that i immediately was like carolina i know because you're in carolina oh i love that yeah i would actually like speaking of songs and things like I would love a Harry Styles Taylor Swift collab um, especially on 1989 I think that they're both like at a point in their lives they're both like in fairly long-term relationships <laughs> I reserve mm. my opinions on a certain somebody's relationship um <laughs> I am it's team Ted Lasso in the divorce I'm just gonna so am I that. like okay. yeah as somebody who has a um a storied history with uh Olivia Wilde's mother I do not support that relationship 
<laughs> that's something I've unpacked a few times on Twitter. Uh, but yeah, I, I feel like they're at a place where like, I don't think fans would go as insane as they might have previously mm -hmm. if they did a collaboration. Uh, same as like, I could picture her and Joe Jonas doing a collab someday. Like, I think that everybody's kind of like they're in their thirties now they've passed the, the weird stage, but I would love that for 1989. Like it's something I'm gunning for. I keep looking for clues of it. Uh, there's a lot of conspiracy theorists out there that think it could happen, but I guess we will see, but I am putting that into the atmosphere um, in hopes. Um, and, you know, speaking of Joe Jonas, I think that's a perfect segue into fearless. And maybe I did that on purpose. Uh, but today we are talking about three of my absolute favorite tracks from this album, You Belong With Me, Hey Steven, and Forever and Always. So right out of the gate, we are going to talk about You Belong With Me because it has a music video that goes along with it. It is the sixth track on the album, which is classified as a pop country track, and it clocks in at three minutes and 52 seconds. The track was written by Taylor and Liz Rose, and she was inspired by an argument a friend of hers had had with his girlfriend over the phone. The situation inspired the lyrics, you're on the phone with your girlfriend, she's upset. It's very hard to say that without trying to sing it. Uh, but it did in, like evolve into this tale of unrequited love from this third party that's viewing this relationship. Uh, the accompanying music video was directed by Roman White and starred Swift as both girls with Lucas Till as the love interest. Till had just wrapped on the Hannah Montana, the movie, uh, which is actually where he and Swift first met. He's actually been in quite a few uh, big name projects like the X-Men movies. Uh, he was in uh, MacGyver. Uh, but I don't feel like he has like this name permeance that he should have for being in all of these big projects, including like Taylor Swift's music video. And I just thought it was really interesting. So I was like, I know it was that dude that was Hannah Montana, but I could not remember his name. And then I was like, wait, he's been in so many things I've watched. How did I not know who this man is? Uh, but I want to know, what are your thoughts? Uh, we'll start with uh, Meredith. Okay. I just want to say first off the, just to kick things off. When I found out these were the three tracks we were doing, I have a Taylor Swift podcast – or not podcast. I have a Taylor Swift playlist uh, with, like, my five favorite songs off of each album, and I just have it on rotation. All three of these songs represent Fearless on that playlist. So, like, this was this was exciting for me. Um, you Belong With Me is one of my all-time favorite Taylor Swift songs. Um, I absolutely adore Teardrops on My Guitar, and I feel like this is the uh, upbeat uh, big sister to that. Uh, it, it was everywhere when I was in high school, and this was around the time that I actually was like watching music videos, and this I watched this music video on repeat. I had a huge crush on Lucas Till like for a couple of years because of this uh, music video. Um, I so I haven't but I do have an interesting relationship to this song because I am a big fan of the unrequited love trope. Mm -hmm. um, I was an honor student. I was a nerd. I never got the guy of my dreams, but I was a cheerleader in high school. So it always put me at odds every time I listen to this song because, like, she's cheer captain and I'm on the bleachers. I'm like, I'm literally on the field as the cheerleader right now. <laughs> but I recognize I also feel this angst of, oh, why don't you belong with me? Stop telling me about your uh, – about the girl you like because I definitely had a crush on a guy in high school who 
would tell me about the girl that he liked, uh, who's also on my cheerleading squad. So like, <laughs> oh no, a lot of things there. Um, but I, I adore this song. Like it's catchy. It's upbeat. Uh, like I was listening to it this afternoon and it's just so, it's so easy to just jump into that song, you know? <laughs> Um, I do not have the vocal talents of Taylor Swift, but no. No, I'm trying. <laughs> Me neither. <laughs> but yeah, I, I absolutely love this song. Excellent. And then Lex, what are what is your relationship? Did you have this song on repeat in high yeah. school too? Yeah, yeah I did. Um, so Fearless technically came out when I was in eighth grade, but I feel like it hadn't hit. I feel like Fearless didn't hit like mainstream popularity until like 2009. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if it's just I didn't notice it until 2009 or what, but I feel like this album just encapsulates 2009 for me, which 2009, how many times have I said the word 2009, the last three sentences, uh, was such a good year for me. Me too. And I hold like <laughs> the most nostalgia I could hold for any year in for 2009. 2009. And this song encapsulates everything I loved about 2009. I like associate I mean this entire album really but this was my favorite song on the album and I weirdly did not dedicate this song to my crush that was forever and always we'll get to that this song uh <laughs> when I was 14 I wrote iCarly fan fiction on Polybore yes and, <laughs> um it was called I Jessica and it was actually about Spencer because I had a huge crush on Spencer. Of course. And uh, he was dating a squad named Jessica who wanted to be a pop star. Um, and in Polyvore, you could add music to your posts. And so I put this song in every post because I said it was the theme song. And to this day, I listen to this song and I'm like, Spencer, five ever. Like, <laughs> oh my gosh. And it's just that, like, tr- that early teenhood innocence that I had where it's like when Mm -hmm. I think back on what my biggest things in my life were at that time it was what part I was going to get in the school play how many people were reading my iCarly fan fiction and what Taylor Swift albums were coming out it's just that nostalgia this song takes me back to just a very simple wonderful time and for that reason I will always love the song dearly I also have always thought that the fact that she played both girls in this music mm-hmm. video was like it left a, it left an impression on me my like ever since and I, I can't even tell you what kind of impression I'm just like she really did that and I don't and I wonder I've always wondered if like it was because the point was he belonged with her so regardless mm-hmm. of whether it was that girl or or that girl it was still her it was still Taylor that seems like her kind of big brain. Like I still mm-hmm. get the guy, right. like, regardless of who I am. Right. Um, it's it's so refreshing to meet somebody else that like 2009 was like their year. Like I swear to God, I peaked in 2009. Yeah. Like I made like a big video the year when the year ended. That was like videos. It was like one of the only years I have videos consistently from like my friend group. And I had like made this big video for the end of 2009. I was like, I'm going to miss this year so much. I've never had as much fun as that year. So it's it's just nice to hear somebody else be like, oh, 2009. Also, this song was like 
my go-to track to listen to in 2009. Like I definitely mm-hmm. listened to it when it first came out, but it must have been used in a movie or used in a commercial or something because I feel like it definitely got a renaissance in 2009 and yeah. was just everywhere because it was definitely a theme for me. And I really enjoyed just like this completely unrealistic expectations of like a teen romance because the whole trope of them like being next door neighbors and like holding the sign up and like all of that stuff. I wanted that to happen, but I like, I live in the middle of the boonies. I don't have neighbors and none of my neighbors have ever been my age. So it was like never going to happen. But it's, it's funny because like this song, I didn't have a situation to fit it to until I was actually in college. Mm. So like flash forward to, I think it was like 2012. It might've been 2013, but I had a friend in college who was getting married. Like he would, complain about his fiance all the time to me and I had like a really big crush on him and so it was just like one of those situations where I was like man I never related to this song and now I am and it's like the absolute worst situation uh luckily I'm no longer friends with him so that's all good um but like it's still just kind of funny because like if she had been able to do like a re-release of this track with her more mature voice, but like trends, like it's just send it back in time to me during my college years. Like I would have been deadly, like super dangerous for me. Uh, So I'm glad that she's released it now. And it was kind of weird, like re-listening to this track um, as Taylor's version, because she does have that more mature voice. And some of it that does feel like juvenile lyrics feel like at odds with her more mature voice now, but still like it's still a song I want to listen to because it just, it hits at this right, like nostalgia point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know. It just, it's one of those songs that like you can never not love. And I mean, the music video itself is iconic because it created the, uh, the feud of all feuds. Um, <laughs> Taylor, Changing Taylor. the VMAs forever. I'm, hey, it happened. Ooh, yeah. Hey, and it beat out single ladies. Oh gosh. <laughs> And a crack in the universe formed that night. It did. Like, we live in a post that VMA's world. Like, life has never been the same since. Where were you in the 2009 VMAs? Like, I remember. I was at a sleepover. I remember. (laughs) And I witnessed the whole thing happen. And I texted my mom. (gasps) I was like, Mom, did you see what Kanye West did? He's like, no, I didn't. I was at my mom's apartment because uh, my parents had uh, divorced uh, a year prior to, or a couple years prior to that. So going back and forth between their houses. And I was at my mom's house when I watched it because I watched MTV. I don't know why, but I watched MTV when I was at my mom's. Um, and that, yes, that was a, was a big moment. I, w- I was just like, what is happening right now? Oh gosh. I think I watched it later on YouTube. Cause like I didn't stay up very late back in the day, but actually go to sleep at a normal hour and not work until like 2am. So I missed it. I was not there the moment it happened, but I saw the aftermath and it was pure chaos. Um, and maybe that's why like 2009 is, is such a memorable year because that is when the, the crack in the universe happened and everything post 2009 is just different. Do you remember right after it happened, it got posted on YouTube and it was auto-tuned? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. I still know all the words to the auto-tuned version. Of- YouTube auto-tuning? I miss Just that kiss. era. I miss what, a so what a time. Again, 2009. Pure chaos on the internet. Relish it. Love it. Crave it. 
Um, another track that we're going to be talking about, I think, evokes a lot of nostalgia, at least for me. Uh, this is track four, Hey Steven. It was written entirely by Taylor Swift, and it clocks in at four minutes and 14 seconds. And it is another one of her must-listen-to pop country tracks. Ironically, this track was inspired by one of the two members of the country band, Love and Theft. It won Mr. Stephen Barkler Lilies, who had toured with Taylor at the time. This is another track that is all about unrequited love, with the song's protagonist crooning about a friend that she's in love with, but he doesn't have a clue. Uh, last season, we talked about the responses that subjects of her song had had when they found out that she'd written about them. And honestly, Stephen had a really great response. In an interview, he said, I was very relieved when it turned out to be a nice song. And it's actually one of the nicest things anybody's ever done for me. Love and Theft also released a response track called Try to Make It Better. Uh, that was kind of a response to Hey Steven. It was allegedly written in part while they were still on tour together, which I thought was interesting. So like clearly he knew that she was writing a song about him and then they started writing a song. So there's some overlapping about like when her song was published and when his song was published. Uh, but it's also a very nice song. It was on like iTunes back in the day. I'm not entirely certain where you can find it now, but it was a good song. I remember listening to it then. Um, so instead of tossing it to one of you first, I'm going to talk about the song just because this is like, this is the song I've been so excited about getting to talk to because this is hands down my favorite track from Fearless. Um, I was like head over heels uh, in love with this play when I listened to this track. Um, and I'm going to be very cloaked in, in shadiness about when and where but there was like times when I like, I'd wait for him to show up and like, I would like be in another room and I'd be listening to this track to like prepare myself for him to like be there. And then like, I'd get to hang out with him and like, we were just friends. He had no idea that like I was writing my name and his name together in notebooks, like just absolute like infatuation. And this song just like, just absolutely captured all of my feelings, <laughs> especially since I very much felt like I was in like a fairy tale, weirdly, just because like the situation with like the specific person. Um, and so like the lyrics about like of all the girls tossing rocks at your window, I'll be the one waiting there even when it's cold, like really scratches the same itch as love story with that very like throwing pebbles at the window, waiting for him to come out like that kind of thing very much I spent a lot of like time at his house and so like I had like all these visions where I could like picture myself like literally throwing rocks at a window truly Taylor why did you do this to me <laughs> but I feel like this song is something that ended up becoming very much like Taylor's brand because there's that whole line of like all those other girls well they're beautiful but would they write a song for you uh, which I think is just great. I was not a songwriter, but I was a poet. And so I just like shifted that to, would they write poems about you? Truly, don't let <laughs> English major girls into having crushes. It's terrible. Don't do it. Um, but yeah, this, this, every lyric from the song, I was so hard pressed to only pick like three lyrics that I liked because just every lyric, it just is magic. And I feel like I'm just rambling now, but it, it, I just love the song. And when she announced that Fearless was going to be this re-record and I was going to listen to it again, I had all the same feelings that I had about the song. Like it's just, it, I embodied it so much when I was younger that I still carry a part of that with me today. And it's so interesting to see like how certain songs 
can apply to a situation and even years later, like it just takes you back and suddenly you're like 14 again and you're like pining after somebody who's just a friend and like the person's happy now. They're married. They've got kids like they live off somewhere else and like I haven't seen them since I was like 16 and it's like I still feel like that child again. Like I still feel all of those feelings and I just love like the power of music and how it takes you back to like a very specific time in your life. Now that I'm done rambling, I'd, I'd love to know your feelings about the song do you have lyrics that like you related to at the time or maybe you relate to now um, I'll start with Lex this time uh, <laughs> a tough, um, <laughs> tough one to go with <laughs> um you know I'm gonna be honest okay I when the when Fearless first came out right like in, in mm-hmm. 2008 2009 I would skip this Oh no! You have to to hear why. You have to hear why. Okay. There are two songs on Fearless that, and I will go ahead and just blanket disclaimer now. Hey, Steven, out, outgrew this. Um, but Hey, Steven and 15 are two songs on Fearless that were ruined for me for reasons that are not the song's fault. Okay. Okay. That's reasonable. You see, you have I'm very so strong yeah. emotion related yeah. to the song too. Fifteen uh, was playing when my school. I went to a Christian school, and instead of sex education, we had abstinence education, and oh, no. they played fifteen and really emphasized Abigail gave everything she had to avoid. Oh song. my god! And Damn so, you, purity culture! <laughs> I was about to say. So I. That did not bounce back when uh, Fearless Taylor's version came out. I still listened to that and was like, no. Um, Hey, Steven. This guy that I had a very complicated situationship with. His middle name was Steve. (laughs) And he spelled it P-H. Oh, no. Okay. So that, every time I heard this song, I thought of him. But it was a very complex situationship. And I was like, oh. Uh, but I will say that when Fearless Taylor's version came out, I listened to it and I was like bracing myself for the like, oh. Um, and I ended up like, I've moved on. It's, you know, I can appreciate this for the bop that it is. I think it's really cute. Like it's cute and it's fun. And I think something I wouldn't have been thinking about when I was 14 listening to this album versus, you know, today is like it I think it shows how innocent Taylor still was at this time Mm -hmm. like she was still writing about like just cute little unrequited crushes and it wasn't like it's not this like soul crushing it's not an all too well it's not um it's not hoax it's not anything like that it's just a cute little like I think you're cute and I would like you know like to date you but it's like not that big of a deal if it doesn't work out like it's okay like it's just it's cute and it's fun and I think her giggle in the middle is my favorite oh my God, yes. of the like Taylor Swift giggles in a song I love that giggle. I'm so That's sorry it. Maggie I'm sorry it to is come on okay here I'd say but it's not it was never the song's fault I have songs like that on 1989 that I can't listen to with like the same love that I once had for them because of men I think the only thing that preserves hey Steven is that like with age I was like that would have never worked and I'm so glad it didn't work so I can enjoy that like little unrequited tryst for what it was when I was 14 (laughs) um 
but yeah, no, it's, it's just so interesting. And that's like something I love about this podcast is getting to see like those differing opinions and how like very subtle things about songs and how they connect to our own lives, like completely change how we feel about them. And now mm-hmm. I'd love to know how Meredith feels about it. And please don't break my heart. <laughs> oh my gosh. No. Um, as mentioned earlier, I absolutely love this song. So um, I unfortunately don't have a Steven or um, a crush from high school connected to the song. I just always liked the flow of this song. It was just so easy to listen to um, the way that like um, the wordplay that she has in it. Um, you know, I I credit Taylor for this song because it's the first song that she like has a name in the title, which like mm-hmm. bold, she is a bold woman for that. And like, I give her so much respect for like calling them out in the title not just throughout the song um i love stay beautiful uh from her self-titled album and i feel like this is also an elevated version of it Mm -hmm. um from stay beautiful because like Corey is this like beautiful popular boy that she like all the girls have crushes on him and i feel like steven is kind of in the same boat in this song and so um, if I love Stay Beautiful, I'm naturally going to love uh, Hey Stephen as well. So yeah, I just have great memories from it. I remember in high school being like, this was a song that nobody really talked about, but I really enjoyed it in the same way that like White Horse was also a song that nobody talked about, but I also enjoyed it though I wasn't feeling angst in that <laughs> in the way that Taylor was. But um, yeah, I I just have positive memories about it. and. I don't notice the, I don't notice it as badly on this song or of the changes from the re-release. Um, overall, like as much as I do in "You Belong with Me," but I, like, I just enjoy it. I'm rambling at this point. I just think it's great. You're not actually something you said. I don't know exactly what it was. Made me think of the fact that this song is also very reminiscent of something she does later on in her career, which is Betty. Mm. Mm. It very much has that same vibe to it. And it almost makes me wonder if like during the re-record process for Fearless, if like she and Joe were talking about like that time in her life and like the inspiration she took and it sparked something to create Betty because it also kind of connects with You Belong With Me. It's that same very much like unrequited love, like you're with somebody else. You don't know that I have feelings for you. And that kind of weird murky area of you know, human emotion of, you know, these feelings you have, like, I'm not going to make assumptions about why you switch homerooms. I like the little things like that, that I think very much connect to fearless. And that's why I kind of feel like that in a lot of ways, there's elements of folklore that feels like a spiritual successor to fearless. And that it kind of fits that their releases are not far from each other, at least with the re-releases, which I think it's just, I think it's, it's fun to look at how there's like little threads and then looking at like when these re-records are happening, you know, when she puts out new music for some of these upcoming, you know, eras that she's going to enter into, are we going to find commonalities between 1989 or reputation or like, are we going to see that revisiting her tracks have helped her come up with new music and kind of re re visit approach from a different angle some of these same themes that she used to play with when she was younger Um, but now with this like more mature lens which i think is quite fun forever and always track 11 
such a good song. Clocks in at three minutes and 46 seconds, and it was written entirely by Taylor. Rather than leaning into the pop country vibes of the last tracks, Forever and Always, is this pop rock track. And it's about this troubled relationship with an ex-boyfriend, a boy who broke up with her over the phone in 25 seconds. So let's start with Meredith on this one. What are your thoughts with this track? Oh, man, I may create create some chaos with this. I apologize in advance. Um, so uh, Forever and Always has become a song that has become one of a new favorite of mine. Uh, when Forever and Always first came out, this was, it wasn't a skip track, but it wasn't a track that I like lingered on. I enjoyed mm -hmm. it, but it wasn't the one for me. Until in recent years, um, I, when I went back and listened to all of Taylor Swift's albums, this song in particular finally like really struck a chord with me. And kid you not, Anytime I read the lines forever and always, which is usually in fanfic, um, I immediately yeah. turn on this song. It like it is Pavlovian at this point. I read forever and always. I'm like, OK, got to turn the song on now. Um, I uh, well, one thing that sticks out for me of the songs that we've talked about today, this is the second song that like Tuesday is featured in. Like clearly this mm -hmm. is a favorite day of the week for Taylor. Uh, she loves like talking about the middle of the night and she likes Tuesdays. Um I think we're only talking about the original version, but I believe the piano version is the superior version. And it the is. way that we have accepted all too well 10 minute version is the definitive version of that song. That is how I feel about the piano version. It is perfect. Uh, and it's the best song to just be in your feels over. Like it's mm -hmm. one thing to hear these lyrics in a rock setting, but to have them stripped down with a piano, it just makes the, like the knife twist even more. Mm -hmm. Um, and you just feel that heartbreak even further of her just trying to go back through the details of like what happened that you said forever and always. And now that we are done and you want nothing to do with me. So, um, I, I love the piano version. It's the only version that I listen to. Sorry to the original version, but it's just... It's You're right, and you should speak on it. Yes, <laughs> you should. It is. Okay, I know that uh, Lex has big feelings about this, so I'm, I'm going to go first, and then I'm going to okay. let you take us home. Okay. So I, I also love this track. I also love the piano version of this track. Um, I really love the lyric, again, playing with this fairytale vibe, once upon a time, I believe it was a Tuesday when I caught your eye. I love this line. Uh, I also, like, this is so corny. Uh, I used to make music videos. I think I've talked about it on here before. Um, I made a music video to the song for the, the film Becoming Jane. Um, I went through, like, a really big period drama. I mean, I have a podcast about period drama, so, like, I'm still in my period drama phase. But I went through this really big phase of making music videos for period dramas. And I remember using this one because something about that, when I caught your eye, feels so inherently tied to period dramas because almost all of them have that big moment where across the room their eyes catch and, like, always the the heroines like can pinpoint the exact moment the exact day the exact time what everyone around them was wearing like and just for some reason this feels right and especially with like the movie becoming jane like 
Jane Austen and Tom Lefroy's whole relationship just like falls apart. And it's very much like, I don't really know what went wrong. And so this song just like, for some reason, I mean, it was, it was 2009. Don't blame me. Um, <laughs> I had lots of feelings, um, but I just, I love the song for that. And then there's also like, is there anything catchier than I stare at the phone? He still hasn't called. And then you feel so low. You can't feel nothing at all. Like I'm trying not to sing it because it's again, another lyric that's just like begging to be sung. But that rhythm, just like reading it, I can feel the rhythm of how like the rock version of it plays out. And I was so happy that like that hadn't changed when the re-release came out. Like it still had the same cadence, the same soul stirring feeling of like that helplessness of like, I don't understand why you're not calling. I don't understand what happened. Like you broke up with me over the phone in 25 seconds. And now I'm like, what did I do wrong? But it's just such a good track. And now I'm ready. I'm so ready to hear what Lex has to say about this song. The actual real person crush I had in 2009, God bless 2009, um, <laughs> who was not Spencer Shea. It was a real person. Um, I was at, so I was in my peak obsessed with Fearless era in the beginning of ninth grade. And I remember as my first school dance, um, and I showed my mom a picture of Taylor Swift and I was like, I want my hair to look like this. And so she curled my hair with like those Taylor Swift curls and I wore a Jessica McClintock royal blue dress and I was really feeling it. And I was the only person in my um, group of friends to not have a homecoming date. We were a group of 19. And the reason we were a group of 19 and not 20 is because I was the only one without a date. And I was also, I didn't get the memo, the only one that wore royal blue when apparently we had a black and white theme my bad and so I remember we get to the dance and I was standing in a corner dramatically during a slow song and I forced some tears to come to my eyes and I dramatically cried a little bit because I was the only one not dancing and this guy who did theater with me comes up to me and it's like hey um you look so sad why you look so sad and I was like well you know I'm the only one here without a date and he goes, well, you can be my date for the rest of the night <gasps> if you want. It oh was like a freaking oh Taylor Swift music video, right? So 14-year-old me instantly fell in love. And I made my crush on this guy my entire personality for like a whole uh, of my ninth grade. Well, I thought for whatever reason that this meant he was interested in me. But three weeks later, he had a girlfriend. Oh, no. And so I would cry to this song. <laughs> Oh, oh no! This song in White Horse, I would cry. Ah, oh, not White Horse! Not and, it, Horse. and looking back, it cracks me up because it's like I, you said forever and always, and it's like no, he said you can be my date for the rest of the oh. oh god! And it's this where every time I hear this song, it instantly takes me back to that that rage and betrayal of like, how could you, you? got me a punch from the punch bowl and now you're dating some other girl like I was heartbroken and but it is this thing where it's like sometimes you listen to a song that you listen to when you were heartbroken and you were like this is too painful I can't do this other times you listen to it and you're like oh my god I was such a dramatic 14 year old like (laughs) I was so innocent and so like just I want so obsessed with Twilight and I just wanted a Twilight romance 
And uh, yeah, it's it's the thing though where I listen to it, it instantly takes me back, and it's with a nice warm nostalgia. But I also mm-hmm. think the lyrics here are some of the strongest lyrics on this whole album. The um, the uh, stare at the phone, his love isn't called like that. Is just it's so good. I remember she did that one performance where it started off looking like an interview. And then it turned and it was like she was giving the interview on stage and then she got up and sang the song and she ripped off her jeans and t-shirt for a sparkly mm-hmm. dress. Like that was ingrained in my mind. I honestly miss that era of Taylor Swift's performances so bad. I feel like she had this time where she would be wearing like jeans and a t-shirt or a hoodie and then rip it off in half and have a sparkly dress and then would throw guitars and there was fire on stage. I miss that. Um, but yeah, no, this is definitely if this is in my... This is maybe, um, this is probably my second favorite song on Fearless. My first is White Horse. But nice. yeah, I. It definitely seems like Forever and Always is to you what Hey Steven is to me. And yes. I love that for us. Absolutely. Yep. You have been listening to Starbucks Lovers, a Taylor Swift podcast on the Geeky Waffle. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow me over at Maggie of the Town or at Taylor Swift Pod. Uh, where can folks find you, Lex? Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at, at Alexis Willie underscore. As I say often, follow my Instagram before my Twitter. Thank you. <laughs> and Meredith, where can folks find you and your podcast? Yes, uh, you can follow me at Twitter and Instagram um, at Meredith Loftus, though I am currently off Instagram. Uh, I gave it up for Lent, so I will be back on uh, by the time this episode comes out or like shortly thereafter or actually thereafter you can follow my podcast uh which is fangirl forum where i just sit and fangirl about whatever the heck i want to um it is available on apple podcasts soundcloud and spotify um and you can follow the twitter account for the podcast um at fangirl forum pod Excellent. Well, next month we'll be talking about that fearless change that comes when you're 15. Until then, stay swift.